Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Psychic Josh is sitting opposite me today. I am indeed. You've you've gone for a little little prep number today. I have. uh, Grape and elderflower. I just had the the apple one. The apple one's very good. Yeah, they're good deal. Yeah, a bit very middle class. And what were you, Alan Alders? We're both juicing this side of the desk. Yeah, healthy juicing. Yeah. Um, Alan is back. Alan's like a cult figure now on the podcast because we refer to him every week, even whether he's here or not. Mm. So you might um, as well just have him here. So might as well just have him here every week. That's my feeling. Yeah. So thank, thankfully, he is Great here. Great to be here. Thanks, person, Alan. Rather than mentions. Thank yeah. you. And we're joined by Jim, Jim of East Lower fame. Hello. Yeah, I didn't get the memo about soft drinks. So I've no, sorry. Unarmed. What would you have brought had you <laughs> known that you should have? Just probably a you know a lilt. A lilt. Do they, they even make lilt? <laughs> cool. so Retro lilt juice. Is, is it still there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it is actually. I think the um, I think it was too unhealthy to continue with. That's my ah. guess. But I don't. I'm not. I don't know. It's like pure kind of sugary pineapple-y. Whatever it was. Yeah, totally. We don't. We don't know. No, I don't think we're gonna get into trouble because it doesn't exist anymore. Is it? I don't so, think. We'll I'm find out. Look it up. Um, we've got Josh has done a glorious. Um, Menu. It was a bit rushed, I'm afraid. It was it was done no, on the good. train with very limited Wi-Fi, but I'm glad it made it. I wasn't sure it had. It made it very well. Oh, um, we've got the obviously all the details of the our triumphant seventh minute of injury time or eighth minute maybe even of injury time. Ninety eighth. Ninety eighth. Our latest goal out. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you would know. Since what, li- I remember that Liverpool game. Do you remember the extraordinary Liverpool game where there was like two goals in deep deep injury injury time? April time, maybe three or four years ago. We, like, who, there, Abue Josh. gave away a penalty in like the 112th or 102nd minute. Back. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> coming back. That's coming it's back, coming back now. Yeah. Abue gave um, away an extraordinary penalty. Um, I will, I will look it up. Um, I, I any, thought you'd know it. I just, I went to you without briefing you. I just yeah, assumed it's, it's the kind of thing it wouldn't really keep. It would just say injury time. Here we go. It was, it was 10 minutes and 49 seconds into injury time oh, in April start. 2011. 
very six good. years ago. There you go. Well done. Very good, Josh. Yeah, very good, Josh. Um, so we talked about all, all of that, and um, we, Josh and I attended the match together. It's the first ever game at the Emirates we've been to together. Yeah, in club level. Josh, you experienced club level for the, not the first time, but... First yeah, I, with I, me wa- I washed beforehand and put on my best clothes. You're, you're, <laughs> Got very, a new pair of you're shoes. very fragrant, I can confirm. We must say, actually, the one thing about club level was at half time we all went to get a hot drink. Yeah, well, yeah. And um, both yourself and Dermot had, had made a point saying that the, it hadn't been the best of service <laughs> of late up there. No. So it was not bad, apart from the slightly odd decision that they put a tea bag yes. in the hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, you both you. So we had we always often have hot chocolate. You know, it's, it's, it was early, wasn't it? It was like two o'clock kickoff, mm. so it was a bit early for. Well, for, I think Don't also was on his motorbike, so he wasn't drinking anyway. I didn't feel like having a beer or a wine or anything. We should have copious amounts of. So we went for, and it was because it was freezing cold. So we went for the hot chocolate option. Mine was fine, but both you, both yours and Dermot's had a tea bag. It's a new, a glorious new twist from Delaware North, the Cajun Governor, who get mentioned almost as often as Alan Alga. They get complacent, <laughs> aren't they? They've just had this deal for 10 years think, now. They're like, yeah. we don't care. I wonder if want. it's yeah. I wonder if it's like some kind of bet, you know, that from among the staff to like catch people off guard. We're going to put tea bags in hot chocolate and see if anyone notices or complains. <laughs> it, it wasn't the worst taste I've ever had. I've got to say, they might be onto something. Yeah. Maybe they've invented a brilliant new drink. Yeah. Next time you go, you go. Like, oh, can I have the hot chocolate with tea? Yeah. I think if Dan <laughs> Ball would have been, they probably would have spat it out and thrown it in someone's face. But but the wasn't. machine was still broken. Yeah, it's always broken. The, the machine, door to yeah, the hot chocolate machine is always broken. You've got yeah, £35 tradition. million pound being spent yeah. on someone that gets sent yeah. off every other week and they can't fix a door on the coffee machine in club level. Yeah, and the veggie burgers were there. I didn't have one because I wasn't hungry, but I showed you the... You saw the ad for it. It was very... It was very, very garlic very. crumb veggie burger. Anyway... How um, the other half live. Yes. Jim, you watched it on TV. I did. But you, so you saw all the... It was an incident packed. There's so much to discuss. Um, also, I wanted to mention, not on your, well, the only item not on your menu, menu that I was going to bring up was a prior warning, is the, um, the banner. The banners for... The dogs. The dogs because banner. we couldn't see it. No, there were two, because I think one of them was pretty much below us. That's why oh, we couldn't see it. In fact, probably one was above, one was below, is my guess. Yeah. But then it turned into a Twitter spell. I don't know if anyone saw this last night. It's a red action who responsible for, I thought, the jolly, amusing banners for Alexis's dogs. What are they called again? Um, Atom, Atom and Humber. Humber. Of course, yeah, how can yeah. I forget? God. Um, got, got, they got, everyone was slagging them off. A lot of people. A lot of, well, I consider to be humorless Arsenal fans. We'll discuss it later. I'm, I'm laying my colours to the mast here. Humorless Arsenal fans were attacking them, said that they were an embarrassment, these, these, um, these dog, doggy based Alexis banners. And then Red Action put out a statement, which I'll probably try and find and read in full later, saying, you know, people that are which everything should be back in the George Graham era I'm paraphrasing should get a life or get a sense of humour and then other people like she all had a massive go at them and turned to a huge Twitter spat about fucking banners with dogs on do you want me to read out what the red yeah, action read sta- the on, red on, action statement said newsflash if you hate the new canon the Emirates Stadium the fact that George Graham is no longer the manager and the fact that it is not 1989 anymore today's banner was not for you adapt and change or maybe Arsenal 2017 is not what you want it to be you should just retire gracefully and let those of us still here have a bit of a laugh and not take it all so goddamn seriously yeah and people took offence at that I mean, which is interesting. There is an interesting point here because I think, like a lot of the old, like the kind of black scarf movement type people, pride themselves on representing like an old school, old tradition of Arsenal fans, and they resent. They, they call the stadium the bowl. That's the kind of hipster way of demeaning it, isn't it? And they, it's like they hate. Well, they kind of a lot of them dislike Arsene Wenger even more than we do, or just you know they think they kind of really hate yeah. him and everything he stands for, and the modern club and all that. And they want safe standing and all. And then there's like people who aren't that who kind of adjusted to modern life, I guess. <laughs> 
Any views of this early I, stage? I thought it was excellent. I yeah, loved, I loved it. I just, you know, it's it's a little quirk that not you know he obviously posts pictures of his dogs a lot on Instagram, so it's a thing. He's a very famous player. He's got two famous dogs. Uh, and it's kind of what he is. He's, he's, he's a dog lover, and I think it's a lovely thing to do. I don't think it'll make any massive difference to whether he comes or goes, but I thought it was a really nice thing to do. Alan Dog Bannergate. I couldn't be more divided on this. I've, I've really? Always, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what I think. I, I, first off, thought if I saw another club do it, I'd think it was a bit weird and probably a bit mad. But in other ways... You know, the kind of things that are being referred to from the old school support days. I mean, didn't we used to bring inflatable bananas and yes, stupid stuff like that exactly. all the time? So in reality, doing yeah. anything like that just with a player's dogs, it's got to be fine, hasn't it? Yeah. I'm so divided personally, and I don't like their statement either. So I was sort of, yeah. I, I was on my way to back in red action right up until I saw their statement, which, uh. which throws me right back in the middle of the whole debate again. Okay, uh, interesting. Uh, but in principle, I don't really think it's... You know, so to sum up your, life think, or death. To sum up your, to have the banner. No, to sum up your, I think your position is pro banner, anti statement, anti reduction statement. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. fair enough. I think the statement was slightly. I don't know. Not like, like, could have been more carefully written. I think it felt they'd like been tossed off a bit in anger because they were getting a lot of stick. Which was, I don't blame them for, okay. for tossing it off in anger, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, um, but. They do have a point because I, I've had these arguments with, like years going back years with these old schoolers. I mean, I'm an old, I, I'm, I'm ancient, so you know, I, I do remember what it was like at Highbury. And the atmosphere of Highbury was terrible. Often Highbury the Library, I've mentioned this before. Yeah, it could, it it's could like be, myth it could, that it's all down to the move and the modern world <laughs> and you know and the, and the bowl. It's, it's, it's like myth, isn't it? I'm there were sure. definitely certain games early '80s when I start, first started going that you, you yeah. could hear a pin drop. Yeah, absolutely. But also, it got an unfair reputation when. Actually, there were some nights where it was louder than any stadium I've ever been in, but nobody would ever. Right. Nobody well, would ever. Nobody would yeah. ever acknowledge the fact that that was the case. Yeah. You know, you get the away team coming in on, uh, yeah. you know, a, a, a routine Saturday game saying it was a library, but actually, you know, maybe three nights earlier we'd been in European action and it would, was absolutely yeah. buzzing. So I don't think that that was something that was relevant to Highbury over the whole time it, w- it was there no I always thought night, night games atmosphere was so much better I think that's still Definitely. the case the atmosphere can Definitely. be good, really good at night games now I, d- yeah. I, I don't know why it was mentioned it might have been an anniversary maybe not but someone mentioned the Everton second leg of the League Cup I remember that semi-final yeah that was wow. a great atmosphere yeah I mean yeah, I we were que- actually queuing round the block to get in by the Arsenal fish bar yeah and uh, that I mean that night was incredible and obviously we were going we were holders at the time just talking about atmosphere i'm going to slightly skip but it was a point jim actually made just as we were waiting to come in and do the podcast that noise when we did score at the end of the game was yeah. i think the biggest i mean one of the biggest noises we ever had potentially at the emirates it was a brilliant a brilliant sort of yeah. moment um but then you jim you lightened it to the I noise did dampen, leicester well i did i did dampen the flame slightly because I, I i there was parallels weren't there with the with the leicester game when welbeck scored at the end and that was mental as well yeah. and uh and i kind of thought myself today um you know what how did we go on after that? Because I don't remember going on and kind of using it as a, as a sort of way of geeing well, ourselves up. We definitely didn't. But no. It's very strange that you should both mention it because uh, I sit next to someone at work who's not particularly a football fan, but he said, oh, I went to the Arsenal game yesterday. Great atmosphere. And I sort of looked up from my... I said, what? what? Was it? <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't there. I, I watched on TV. But um, 
so that's a, that's someone who doesn't usually go to Arsenal games and said that it was actually a good atmosphere. So, yeah. But you're, you're worried, Jim, that we're... I'm always worried. I mean, it's my <laughs> default mode. But after the Leicester game, we then went on to, to, to lose four and draw two of our next six mm-hmm. games. So, you know, it would be great if we could take it as... Um, uh, as a sort of uh, a standard, uh, you know, and, and wave the standard and move on. But it's um, the reality with Arsenal is sometimes a bit different. I, I, I raised it on the, the notes I made, but I don't know what you think on, on the menu. I don't know, Jim. Yeah, on the menu, because it did feel like I, I sort of t- it felt like our season was sort of over in terms of any small yeah. aspirations of a title bit. Did we had we drawn that game? Well, I think that's why Wenger went so mental, isn't it? Because yeah, he did, knew. He knew. Yeah, it would have been over. I mean, I mean, it, you know, I don't think it's even. I don't think it's. Yeah, eight think it's points is, but ten points would have felt yeah. absurd. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's why he went. He went bonkers. Yeah, which we obviously we should talk about. So we should talk about Wenger going bonkers first. The game. I think let's talk about Wenger going bonkers. It's interesting, is it? So because he's been charged by the FA. And I, again, I was I'm, 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 I was pleased. He went up in my estimation. I mean, you know, he's high in my estimations anyway. Generally, as a human being, but he went up in my estimations because he went bonkers appropriately because it was incredibly dramatic and you know emotional moment for him because he was definitely realizing it was all falling apart and then specifically what seemed to happen was that the fourth official was kind of like pushing him back into the tunnel or trying to keep him white and the game had restarted and Wenger seemed to be making the point well the game restarted you should be out there watching what's going on but he and was did, making the point you should be down the tunnel mate because yeah. you've been sent off I mean I'm not and Wenger did clearly yeah. pushed him or shoved him to some extent but yeah I'm fine isn't it's not, it didn't push him over violently can we have the results of the poll oh yeah you conducted a poll I did a poll on of the, which on 113 poll. people have kindly given their, their time to vote uh, it said what did you think of Wenger's behaviour. The, the first option was applauded his passion, which has had 50%. Don't have an opinion, 13%. Or embarrassing reaction, 37%. So it's clearly split the fan base, what a you surprise. would say. What was the what won <laughs> Yeah, as ever. As anything with Arsenal. What, what was the winner? Hit pro uh, in favour of him. 50% applauded oh, the passion. Oh, yeah. good, yeah. I applauded the passion. But also, he f- apologised as well, immediately afterwards, on the, yes. in the... In the press conference and the post interview, and he was and he was he was great about it. He was like, oh, "I should have walked away," you know. So I think his reaction was absolutely great. Yeah. Clear point made that if we hadn't had the penalty at the end and won the game, would the apology have been there? Oh, I think it would have been. I mean, who, who knows? No, you don't. No. It's easier. Can't, can't, cynical, can't see it myself. Ever cynical. Can't see it myself. Well, did, I actually voted no opinion, so leave me out of this next bit. <laughs> has he said where he saw? I mean, was he in the dressing room? Where, where did he go? He said he saw it on a, on the TV, on a video on the TV monitor, didn't he? They must have monitors. I like the guessing. idea. There's coverage of him watching it. Yeah, just on his own, sort of just sitting down with. Well, it. there's a there's a big screen in the dressing room. It was just, do you think he was sat there waiting? Yeah, so I, I, I wish I there was like a camera on him, just like yeah. watching. That'd be very interesting to see. Someone should have, someone, some bright, like you know, a multimedia person should have filmed him, shouldn't they? Yes, yeah, so, just got in there. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe. Do you have strong feelings about it? I don't really. I saw it. I saw it, and a couple of times, and I thought, you know, it was a bit unnecessary. But at the same time, it was really not massive. It wasn't no. a massive. Deal. People are saying it's a disgrace. So like, um, some ref, what's his name? Keith Hackett. Keith Hackett, mm. ex-referee, saying it's a disgrace, and some journalist, they're journalists, obviously. Well, he shouldn't have done it because yeah. you know, he's he's going to get punished, uh, as we know. So yes, in that res- in that respect, you know, when he came out after and said, "I regret everything," which I think is a lovely way of putting it, then he's right to because he's going to get punished. But really, was it in the grand scheme of things? Was it you know the worst behaviour you're going to see? No. no. Yeah. So um, I can, you know, it's, it's not not much to it. Yeah. But even when Mourinho does that kind of thing, even when they do win, he's do- he never apologises, does he, Mourinho? He's like he's completely kind of and and, and uh, that claims that they get special treatment from the FA because. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if 
Mourinho is questioned about this in any of the... Uh, yeah. I mean, United have actually got a game this week, so he'll be doing a bit of pre-match tomorrow, only. So I wonder if he will get questioned, especially with that being in the news. Yeah, yeah Keith Hack has said, for the sake of every official at every level of the game, the FA must throw the book at Arsene Wenger after his disgraceful behaviour on Sunday. <laughs> they need to send a strong, clear message. Officials are are sacrosanct and if you lay hands on them you'll pay a heavy price a one or two mu- touchline ban won't cut it on this occasion well, like he, want him well, someone do? said ten earlier didn't him they, to yeah. I think he goes on yeah. to, no he wants him to have six I think what? what I would like to see as an absolute minimum is a six game ban but a far more severe punishment than simply being banished from a touchline instead I'd like to see him barred from any contact with his team once inside the stadium UEFA regularly imposes sanction I feel it has far more impact than a manager simply being unable to stand in the technical area Back in the hmm. uh, back in the National League or what was the football conference, there was actually a rule that if the manager was sent from the from the sidelines, they had to go to a position where they couldn't see the pitch and couldn't influence the game. So effectively, I they think were, that's the deal with any player that's sent off. It's what that is the rule. You, you the player has to go where he cannot see what's happening on right. the field. Okay, yeah. so, you so, so up with, sit up with your with your phone and pass messages down. You can do that, can't you? Up well, no. Way. This was this was actual sort of in game. If you're sent if you're from, sent if you're off. sent oh, from okay. your dugout, oh, right. you're not allowed to go yeah. anywhere in the stadium where you can see the pitch and I'm guessing that that was imposed in non-league because you could probably still shout uh, from a corner somewhere I remember having this in the then. Sunday Have league you? game I played in once a refer- I mean like where, where you're playing on I mean you can see the pitch for a long it, yeah. it was like demanding this guy went half a mile away there. he, he wouldn't be able to see the pitch um, so I think that is a rule so that's I'm, I'm guessing yeah. that's why they said to Wenger he has to leave you just can't be in area the pitch, yeah. is, is there a correlation between not being not being actually on the touchline and up in the stands and, and the results I don't actually know the answer to that but you can imagine that Wenger just gives Steve Bold a piece of paper that says 68 minutes yeah, number one yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be such a small sample size to, to give any yeah. correct sort of stats on it I know that um uh, going back to non-league, Crawley Towns manager Steve Evans, who like, was always in trouble with the authorities, he had a he had a ten-game ban, and they were unbeaten for for all ten games that he was in the stands. But supposedly yeah. the stories of Mourinho going in the laundry basket, yeah, isn't yeah, there? for that to, to avoid the Champions it, League one was it? Yeah, yeah Champions League ban that he had. I can't really imagine. <clears throat> and certainly past notes and laundry. Like that. Can you imagine I, if he got that? Be an amazing story. Too tall. <laughs> I'd like to see. I can't Who wait would to be see. Pushing it? I yeah. Like I can't, if, when the first band match where Wenger's not allowed to, if Steve Bell makes a substitution any time before the 65th minute, we'll know that he we'll is, know. he's not he's in been contact. Given his head and he's not in contact. <laughs> he's going to go. It's not Wenger. working. Yeah. I can't hear. Imagine. <laughs> I, I'd love it if half-time. he just, you know, for someone not playing that word, he makes a half-time substitution. It'd be like a revolution. You'd never see him again, would you? The next, no, the next he'd match, be gone. It'd be yeah. empty seat next to Wenger. Yeah. He'd be absolutely gone. Yeah. Um, Vic, Vic we'll Akers, talk- caretaker manager for that. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about the actual game, which we haven't really talked about in detail, after this quick break. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. And we're back from the break, Josh. Hmm. So we were there, you experienced the joy of... um of watching it from club level with it's going to be very hard to TV go back I imagine really, it's a bit yeah. like when you go sort of business class on a yeah. flight and then have to get an economy again yeah, it's going to be yeah. difficult um, but we uh, you, in fact you were the one who noticed the um, the sending off like because usually if a, if a player if the ref 
is is going to make a booking. Yeah. Usually, so they get their pocket relative. And he didn't go to his pocket quickly. And he wanted right. to go and chat. And that immediately, I just thought, yeah. well, there's got to be a red option here. Like, it, it, it looked dangerous. Yeah, I didn't notice the tackle at all, which is I was, like, completely not, not, oblivious. not oblivious, oblivious to it. And then you were like, I think he's going to get sent off. I was like, really? And then and then he did. Sure enough, get sent off. Now, some people now are saying, first of all, the referee made that game, didn't he? Like, the referee's action, I mean, I think he got most decisions yeah, he got most right. Of it right. Yeah, he did. It, it, not many people are saying that, not unfortunately. Many, but it's true, isn't it? Apart from our, our last goal, which was mm. offside, he got, which we can blame the linesman for, I guess. But that's the lino, and then that's the, lino, yeah. the next decision he has to make right. based on the lino right. saying it's but on. all those key decisions, decision. I mean, against the master fans, saying that it was not sending off for the for the Jaco but it's a two-footed how could I not so be I, I think the problem is this season in the Premier League there's not been enough consistency with those kind of tackles so right. you've seen plenty of tackles this season that are far worse than Zach Jackers I can't I can never say his name right um, that haven't been punished at all not even with a yellow card if you look at the United player before uh, before Christmas two reckless tackles what was his name was it Herrera Oh, yeah, um, about, yeah. two totally reckless tackles that, that weren't punished at all and they were far worse than what you see there but I, I think the referee just goes to the linesman and says and I'm pretty sure this was the level of the conversation it probably that looked out of control to me from, mm. from, where, from where you are was that, uh, was that off the ground and out of control and he probably just said yes I agree with you and then sent off so I'm not so sure it was the linesman's full decision I just think it was sensible of of Moss to actually go over and get a second opinion, which he did. And when you see the replay back, I don't think I don't think we can actually argue with it. I think the only thing you can say as an Arsenal fan is we've seen them not given this season. Where's the consistency? People are also being really harsh about Xhaka. I think, like you know, people, I mean, he has obviously been sent off. Was it six times? Not not just for us, but for in total in the last well, Wenger hammered twelve him. months. Yeah, Wenger hammered yeah. him. Um, and you know, the, every all Arsenal fans are like, he's a liability. We should get rid of him, but. I just wanted to, but I was going to ask Jim what you thought. I, I, I was watching it live there. I thought we had a really good game up until the sending off. I mean, I think some of his passing was fantastic. And I saw someone on Twitter saying something like, being a midfield player isn't just about passing or something. I'm like, obviously it's not, but he's really good at it. And he's definitely like our best, I think, someone on Match of the Day 2, Match of the Day 2 slagged him what said he's not playing his best position because he's in that defensive midfield role but I thought he's spraying it around from that position he's tackling clearly he's not his strong point but I think he's a really good player apart from that issue don't you or I, do you disagree? yeah I, I think he I think his part his passing range is very good uh, he's a little bit slow and maybe that's why he sort of overcompensates um, and um, finds himself in a it, with the need to kind of go flailing in a bit but you, you know why give the ref even even the opportunity to do that it is really naive um, whether it was yeah, a red card. Well, yeah, I, I think ref had no choice in it in the end, and um, I think he's got he's absolutely got got to cut that out straight away because he is costing us. And and uh, um, beyond that, though, I think he's had a you know, pretty decent first season. But he's got, yeah, the, the, it's it, the passing is great. The pace is a little bit mm. is a little bit off the pace. I and mean, whether that's he's not quite adjusted to the to the game or whether that's just his style, I don't know. But I mean, to, you know, to get to then go and say, "Oh, get rid of him now," it's a massive overreaction, isn't it? No, that's ridiculous. Yeah, mm. absolutely ridiculous. I, I think he's he's approached that tackle. Okay, it, you know, it's Burnley at home. They're on the halfway line. There's no particular threat there. So yeah, when you when you add that all together and you and you stop. You know, you stop the video just before he lunges into that tackle. There really is no no need at all to make that tackle. It's not. No. It's not. Um, you know, it's not something we needed at that particular point in the game. So, 
You can you can you can you can tell that he makes rash decisions based on that. At that stage in the game, it didn't entirely turn the game, but you went from feeling Arsenal really comfortable, and it was a matter of time probably before they make more opportunities and get a second goal, and it just gives you know obviously gives Burnley a lift and a, and a route back into the game, which you know they found, and also you know four game ban now. That's you know a significant. Significant. Mm. It might include two FA Cup games, depending on how we do. Obviously, at the weekend at Southampton and whether it would go into the fifth round. But certainly, you know, you assume he'd have started away at Chelsea, and you know, away at Chelsea is our hardest game left of the season, and one that if we are going to get the tiniest hope of getting back in the title race, we we need everyone available, and he has let everyone down in that respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has. But you, but you know, it's like Martin Keown was going on about it. I mean, you know, kind of admitted that he was obviously had lots of <laughs> disciplinary issues. Yeah. Um, I just find I don't know I find that whole kind of slightly moralistic take on it I mean he needs to improve that so someone said someone else pointed out that his whole tackling and technique it looks worse than they actually is that he's one of the only players we've ever seen who every time he t- tries to tackle someone it looks terrible even when he doesn't get sent off or booked but it's actually not that bad do you know what I mean it's like there's no intent it's not like one of those a vicious player who's trying to injure people yeah Maybe I'm saying that because he's one of our players, but I kind of I'm just fonder of him. I think maybe people seem to be saying he's not. Do you think he's a decent signing? Even people are saying he's not. You know, like. I, th- I think it's ridiculous to put that against yeah. as to whether he's been playing well for Arsenal or not. Yeah. Okay. Isolate it as a bad decision that he has made, but it doesn't necessarily make him a bad player. And up to this point, and I think I said the last time I'm on, I'm really reluctant to go overboard on players that yes we we all sort of rush to judgment on because. Um, Awobi had a little dip thankfully has come back a, a little bit since then um, and I don't think you can really overly judge those players especially in their first season as taking, taking time to adapt to the Premier League but he's certainly had lots of passages of play where I think he's a half decent player and could, could go on to be a very good player mm. What about the performance overall did you watch it on, you on TV to me it seemed quite, quite sluggish we started quite kind of well, it's, it's pretty much that. Yeah, we we start most games sluggishly, yeah. uh, which is a, which is the baffling thing. I think it's partly it's partly the Emirates effect, isn't it? Where teams, a lot of teams, will come and, and you know play play deep and and um, and probe and do do it play it that way. And we're not brilliant at flying out the blocks and closing games off. You know, you'll remember the in the in the I say good old days. I don't mean it that way, but yeah, there were there were times in the past when we'd go out, blast the team away. 3-0 I suppose a bit like Chelsea at home early this season and the game was basically done by about half an hour in and you can just do what you like after that but we, we seem to have lost that, that ability to put mm-hmm. a game to bed early on uh, which is one of the reasons why it feels like we're although we're second we're still not quite there no. and, and a bit even for, I don't even faltering is even the right idea but we, we're not we haven't sort of got that momentum that, that Chelsea clearly have in, in those days that you mentioned we had a way of playing that most of the time, even if we had absences through the squad, the player coming in would come in and do exactly the same job as the person they were replacing. And we had a set formation and a pattern and a way of playing. This season, and to a lesser extent last season, we've started to play in a very different way, which admittedly a lot of Wenger's critics were calling for, but it somehow has mixed up our play to such an extent that I don't think the players really know what they're doing anymore in the terms of... One one week you could have Walcott bombing up your left-hand side and know that that's the pass to play. And the next week you've got Ramsey, who's really a central midfielder going out to the wing. Next week it's a Wobi there, who's a totally different player. The, the players around them that are actually getting starts each week, like Sanchez and Ozil, they're both playing well at the moment, but they're still having to adapt to totally different personnel 
and styles around them nearly every single game that we play. And I think that, that that's where our slow starts come into it. That's why we're starting slowly in games because it's taking nearly 20 minutes for everyone to adjust to who's around them. And um, I, don't know how you, I don't know how you stop that. I mean, I think he's actually going to be forced to have to play the same midfield for the next two, three games, well, four-game ban um, for Xhaka. So uh, maybe that will that will just get us into a nice pattern but um i do fear for us at chelsea i really do but the the four, the kind of the attack was pretty similar to the last game the personnel weren't they the like you had yeah, Giroud, Sorry, I mean over the course of the season. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't right, mean, right, right. Yeah, even I even right. on defence, I guess there's been you know, yeah Gabriel coming in. Yeah, you know, uh, but that's a totally different. Uh, yeah, but that's a totally different thing to adapt to again. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Gabriel's a, a centre back playing in in a full back position. So is he going to be really be bombing on? Does he know you could argue how that, to that do they, that? They ought to be. You know, they've played all of these players have played with each other at least this whole season and most of them many seasons before. They really ought to be able to adapt a bit more quickly. But than it is, that. Hi, but it is high level. It is high-level um, competitive football, isn't it? It's not really... I, I get the fact that they're professionals and they should be able to be put in any position on the pitch and play well or certainly know what their job is. But the next level on from that is playing in a really you know, neat way and knowing exactly where your partner's going to be. And um, Clive, who has been asked to get, to get on this pod, oh, Clive yeah, we'll PSC, who is one of the sort of best analysts on Twitter... And, he said it's all about making, um, you know, couples on the pitch. Out, you know, your your left midfielder should be paired up with your left back and know exactly what he's doing all the time. But you should also know what the centre midfielder on that side's doing and the centre back on that side's doing. And they're making different couples throughout the pitch. And that's, I mean, that's that should be something standard and basic throughout all teams. And over the course of this season, we've been upset by so many injuries, suspensions, and different things like that. And quite often, it needs to be said the manager making strange tactical changes to the starting eleven that it's probably been hard for the players to get into a rhythm. It is weird. I'm at, sorry, go on, Josh. No, I was I was only gonna you were talking about the players getting into rhythm and, and Jim making the point about we started slowly. As much as we started slowly, we, we I think I, I wrote down in, in the notes about we, we have scored more late goals than anyone else yeah. in the Premier League season and more in injury time. So st- statistically what what is that? Sort of tell us why. I mean, that is is that unusual for Arsenal? No, it's not. It's not particularly unusual for Arsenal. Over okay. the over the last twenty years, if you looked at the last ten minutes of matches, we're we're leading that by. Well, if you include injury time as well, we're leading that by a long way. That's probably we're a big team thing. By a though, long, it? long way. Fergie Classic that was, and lots, it's a, probably a fact that over the course of ninety <clears> minutes and then ninety four minutes, you do have the better players, and yeah, the ch- mm-hmm. yeah, it, it ends up it ends up. Uh, Coming, yeah. coming to fruition. A, a vast number of those goals will be in seasons where they're the the third and fourth goal of a victory, where we've completely battered a team and they're this on their, the last legs. This year, it feels like they're really, really important goals where they're the difference between yeah. one point and three. Away at Burnley and home yeah. to Burnley, away at Old exactly. Trafford, Drew's goal exactly. Goal. And and obviously, it's it's raised the debate between the two factions of the fans. Uh, the, the the Wenger supporters saying well you wanted us to be able to grind out results and the, the, the Wenger out brigade saying yeah but not in that way uh, which is you know it, it probably sums up the whole debate is that unless you're somewhere in between you're probably uh, 
start raving mad on either side of it because it doesn't it doesn't add up at all uh, we're not playing well we're definitely not playing well all the stats say we're not playing well the analysis of the game said that, that Burnley probably were good for two goals yesterday and didn't and only scored one and there wasn't a massive distance between the two teams on the expected goals which is being used as a decent form of analysis these days and I think Arsenal were only about half a goal ahead on, on the base of the game and we are conceding lots of chances to the small teams so everyone in that community at the moment is is essentially saying can't wait for Arsenal to play a decent team because we'll be back in that decent team to get a few goals um, in that particular game so I think a lot of people are eyeing up the fact that Chelsea might get three or four goals against us Good, good weekend overall though for Arsenal in terms of Man United dropping points Tottenham and City taking points off yeah. each other Liverpool uh, you know had Arsenal lost 3-2 it was a good weekend for the bookmakers <laughs> it was a good weekend had Arsenal I mean I don't know did it get the reaction I don't know what you thought would you oh, you know Liverpool's home defeat to a club that had been so desperately poor all season didn't quite get the negativity it might have done so Klopp, uh, what do you mean? You mean he well, from... I think it's just like Klopp's quite popular and trendy, isn't it? Yeah, so people don't want to have a Jeff go. Jeff Arsenal did the old. I haven't seen. He's yesterday he tweeted saying, uh, oh, Jeff, Klopp, by the way, who at some point he's going to come in, isn't he? And he always gets. It'll be like a clash of the Titans between <laughs> he was, oh, we, Alan and Jeff. He's abroad at the minute. <laughs> is he? Um, but he well, he's still found time to. <laughs> I'm not having a go. It was good, it, but he still found time to say something like, "Oh, I see Arsenal fans are quite about Klopp because." Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you can't uh, do that after every game. Right. You win or lose. My friend, who's a huge Liverpool fan, made yeah. the point that as far as Liverpool fans are concerned, a lot of them, they feel that they are turning into Arsenal in the sense that that game was actually, you know, they, they are kind of quite cynical about. They, they love Klopp and they think, you know, but they, they, in terms of the team, they think the team's perfectly capable of doing an Arsenal, i.e. throwing that kind of game away through complacency more than anything mm. in the style we do. And that's the main thing. I still think when it comes down to it that their manager is more of an inspiration than our manager. Are we now second favourites? For the title, joint we're not. Jo- we? No, joint we? second favourites with we're, Tottenham. We're exactly the same wow. price. Both both eight to one, and uh, Chelsea four to eleven. And an interesting thing is that for the first time ever in the history of English football, and I'm pretty sure anywhere around the world, the capital city could provide the one, two, three in the table. Obviously, if it stays <laughs> the same way. Great, great fact. Incredible stat. You pulled it not out of the bag down today. Wow. God, so yeah, yeah. If it stays the same way as it is today. No, that is, that's interesting, isn't it's it? It's an opportunity. Um, obviously, we'd like it in a different order. Obviously, someone had to get me on this morning saying that I has my, I would get to the shrill, girly uh, moment where I get I get overexcited. Did you see that one, Josh? You were, you were, oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I spotted that. Yeah, what, that was what was that? First thing I didn't, really get, didn't really get it. Um, it was just <laughs> claiming that, you know, was I, something about me being, you know, slagging off Arsenal Mango, being getting overexcited. Um, but do you think, I think, it, going back to the formation and all of that, and, and I think it's apps when in the cold light of day when you're playing Burnley at home and you started the season for months on end deciding that the best way to play now is with Alexis up front. And I know I say the most every, but the finish was the final moment of weirdness. No one's just picking up on it, really. I, I feel it should be asked this in most conversations. Now you've decided against Burnley at home that Giroud up front and Alexis on, out, out wide is the, is the way forward. And that, to me, does sum up the kind of madness of the situation. It does. It, 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 and yet I, feel, I do feel very, very sorry for Giroud because, uh, you know, as £10 million signings go, he's been a phenomenal one. Absolutely phenomenal. And, he, and when he's good, you he's... You should feel that for him. He's, he's playing super, every game. Yeah, moment. yeah. And he's scoring loads. So in, in some respects, you think, well, fair play. You can see why he's been picked. But, but you're right. It's, it's, you know, you get, you get to sort of a, a mobile front, a, a really kind of mobile um, uh, front three or four, and, and then, it, then it all changes. And that is a, it is quite Wenger. Um, 
maybe it was picked on on the on the basis of the of the opponents you know Burnley and he, he could maybe unlock the unlock put, the yeah I, I would have said the opposite I think you know that those they're used to dealing with strikers like Giroud yeah. coming up from the championship and right. that style of playing and we we a lot of them were, were fantastic through balls and the, the one that Ozil took down just slightly offside would have been an incredible move but I think without sort of bringing out my greatest hits but Giroud the problem with Giroud is that he's much better than all of his critics think <laughs> but as soon as you start to believe that he is someone that can start for Arsenal he'll show you why he probably shouldn't be starting for Arsenal and he's not he's not you know he's not as good as as the people that praise him and that's that's the problem really he he's not a world class forward that Arsenal need but he's so close to being that that player in certain games and certain scoring streaks that you suddenly think it's fine i've got it wrong i mean i, I think you even sort of half said that you'd got it wrong a couple of times yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in in that yeah. respect yeah. he's a fantastic so, squad player and as you say you know you make the point for 10 million his return has been, uh, you know, head and shoulders above what you would have expected for a player of that ilk, considering some of the, the rubbish we've had down the years. My point is more about the manager, and I find it incredible. You were talking about the identity of the team and what, you know, because yeah. I do feel like, you know, Arsenal has, in the glory days, uh, uh, you know, we think of all the brilliant teams that stood out, the Man United legendary teams under Alex Ferguson, you know, the two or three ones he created, the two or three that Arsenal, Arsenal Vera created at Arsenal. Now, I feel we don't have an identity. He can't, dis- he's like, he's not sticking to his guns. And I think he, there was a big moment of, it was a great thing that he started the season with, it with, without Giroud. I thought mm. it was a, a big turning point. But I, now it's like, he's, it's, it feels weak that he's just, because Stu scored a brilliant goal and no. it's doing well. But yeah, but to decide to play but, that, that team against uh, Burnley at home. Well, it's, it's not safe. It's like you're you're removing the identity of the team that's supposed to be playing fast, attacking, fluid football in those little, as you say, those little duos along the pitch. Because you've got you're playing up to, to Giroud. It's different. It's I think different... he's taken a tactical view, but I think I think Giroud has come into this. He did, let's not forget, he didn't start a game until Boxing Day in the Premier League. So he came out for that's a long time, point. and he's come in and he got five and five. Right, so he scored five consecutive games, and he's had that return. I don't think he'll start at Chelsea away. He might start, you know, I don't know what he'll do in the cup. I don't know what he'll do against Watford. I suspect by the time he goes to Chelsea away, it will be Sanchez leading the front line. I don't know. And I just think there's a, he's allowed in this period of time to, to come back into the team, have a big impact. And I, I don't think that automatically means he's now accepted that he's got to go back to what he was doing. I think he's assessing each game as it is. Um, and I, I'm sure if everyone, again, is 100% fit and come that massive game against Chelsea and Munich away, um, I suspect it will be, be Sanchez. But we've never really, as, as I said earlier, we've never really had these options to keep altering the way we play. I mean, the formation might stay the same, but the, the tactics the tactics to find Giroud with a pass are going to be totally different yeah. to the tactics to find Alexis with a pass. Yeah. And again, these slow starts, I really do think are down to the fact that players are going, oh, who is it up there? Right, oh, yeah, it's Giroud. Like, it can go high, it can, he can hold it up, or it's, it's Ozil, it's Sanchez, I've got to thread it through. And... and I think that that's it's the it's way just the team play. that yeah. play the same every game. It can't just be Sanchez, Sanchez, Sanchez leading. The, like, there's going to be some variation depending on which that, game you're playing. But that when we play, we played the best football we played for a few years because of the fluidity that that that, um, that setup 
establishes in the same. five of our last six games and drawn the other. I mean, it's we're not, not playing well, though. That's the point. It's, it's finding a way to win games. We're objectively we need. not playing well. Only ambition not. was to get to that Chelsea game and not drop any more points. You know, if you would have said, the we, I think we targeted, we, have 50, we targeted 15 from five and we're going to maybe get there with uh, 13. Was it 15 from five or yeah. 18 I don't I mean, know that clearly is the, ma- the if we drop two points it's not season. terrible yeah. even whilst is going on do you no, no, think- I think that's fine I think it's absolutely fine but we're not playing well which means that when we start to play these 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 harder games it's it's extremely likely that we'll be dropping points if we don't play well and I think well, I think Chelsea we we've got Watford at home right now yeah. given how we played against Burnley you, you can never quite call that but you know in theory we should beat Watford at home right yeah, yeah. I think uh, I mean, we might want to check this but I think Chelsea got Liverpool away Next, and yeah, um, yeah they look, have. Yeah, I, I know you'll think I've taken leave of my senses when I go over all positive things. Not quite over yet because I, I mean I think oh. I'm, I think I'm with you, Boyd. To be honest, but <laughs> having said that, you know there is a possibility at least that we go into that game not a million miles off them. It could be and, oh, I agree. six I don't points think, very conceivably. I th- mm. but why? But why I agree with Alan is this, when I mean, can anyone really see us? Coming away, beating Chelsea. No, because you know, I think what? our problem is psychological. More, than, it always has been, and more than more than ever, it is because we've got all the players we need in our squad now. We've got a great squad, but we we aren't. We don't. We don't really kind of that fear isn't really there that it used to be. And I think I think you're right. Is that the sort of it people. It doesn't really feel like you know, the, 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 that we're there as a unit. Lots of great individual players, occasionally flashes of excellence, but in terms of beginning to end and that kind of sense of momentum building up, doesn't feel like we're there Wait. yet. Josh, you said about uh, unless we play well. When wh- I, I can't recall a time where I came away from one of those big games and said, do you know what? We played really well today, but we didn't get the result. I can't remember that. We either play well and get the result or or play <laughs> as more often than not, <laughs> we play badly and don't. I don't ever remember sort of having it down to the element of luck like that. I'm pretty sure it's mainly getting what we deserve uh, yeah mainly we've let ourselves down of course that's yeah. the, I mean, the main reason we haven't been able to sustain a title so challenge by that but there's been glimpses of it over you know the last five years glimpses of moments that make you think well maybe we can but isn't that like Giroud's career there's glimpses <laughs> Is it, I yeah. mean it, it, the whole team are a bit like him they just get you to that point where you think actually everything's okay and then they just show you why it's not but I, I, I also, at the same time, don't think it's like inconceivable we can go to Chelsea and win. I, I, I'm not at the point where I go, I mean, what price are we going to beat? Three? To, uh, yeah, I'd give us our 30%, 25% chance that we, we go there and win. And, yeah, we'll, be, we'll um, be... We'll take a view. And, you know, of course, any team going to Chelsea will need an element of luck and limiting their opportunities. And, you know, hopefully they'll drop some points at Anfield and they don't quite have the confidence. And it might kind of feel like we've got nothing to lose that day. It, it might kind of be at that point. Everyone I, will I, expect us to lose. Everyone will expect us to go there I and worry lose. About, I worry about... Wenger getting into that mindset the nothing to lose mindset because he suddenly starts dropping all the well not that he ever puts them in place much anyway but those really important bits about well keep it tight let's make sure that you know we we respect the opponent and I think if he goes there with the sense of nothing to lose it could be a gung-ho Arsenal performance and in those down the years against the big teams we we have suffered he's proven he can do it that's when we won beat Man City won a few years ago people keep coming back to this game it happened it is and that was because of the way he set us up but I think the purist always comes out of him it's the purist always comes out of him and in the end he just wants to prove that the team can do it the way he wants it to do but it's just it's uh, People, will, I think people will still be going on about that game in two years' time while Wenger's still here trying to win. 
uh, trying to win the league. Uh, I mean, it was a great away day, don't get me wrong, but you, you need to group that in with three or four of the same ilk to actually stay, say that that's him rather than just a freak that happened on the day. There was a different stat I thought you might have come up with today, which I saw on Twitter from Albino at Albino. I never steal his ones because he's... Uh, he gets really annoyed if you steal. I'm not steal. I think I quoted it. Um, and, and his one was: Arsenal have conceded just four goals in their last seven Premier League games at the Emirates, all penalties. Wow, so I thought it was quite. I do you feel we've had a lot of penalties against us? Yeah, which Czech never comes anywhere near. Save. Well, they kind of did. He come mm, we got a there? finger so on it yesterday. Yeah. yeah, no good. No, no. So what, it's, it's, it's really poor yeah, to be giving away that many penalties. We do have a lot of players who have rash moments of. More than other teams. As, as, Mon- uh, Do you see Monreal's reaction yesterday? Yeah, it was hilarious. It was an extraordinary yeah. reaction, as if, um, yeah. I don't know, some massive travesty yeah. had happened, not Coquelin, they just kicked someone in the shin and made them fall over um, the penalty area. It was the Stoke game. That, I mean, that was a ridiculous one. The, the, the guys going out of the area. and yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that? Was that Shaka? Was it? Oh, I think it might have been, actually. Yeah, I think it might have uh, well, that, well, that, that was an extremely odd one. And then the one at Bournemouth was odd. You know, the players going out of the area again and gets yeah. fouled. Um, yeah, there's a lot of split-second decisions being made by our players that, I guess, under the scrutiny of 100 cameras at a Premier League ground are mm. being made to look like silly decisions. Well, it's clear that those two... The Chelsea game away, Saturday the 4th of February, and then exactly a month later... Um, the 4th of March when we play Liverpool away those are the two tests and I just for me it's like that you know well, let's Spurs hope the Liverpool one is still a Spurs in the middle of those yeah we got we got Tottenham somewhere in uh, April haven't we yeah no Tottenham's a bit later yeah yeah, so we've got. Look, we've got his buy- it's a massive month, of course. I mean, look, we, we pray and hope that a month from now we have done something great at Chelsea. We are still in the tie after the first leg against Bayern Munich. You, you, you hope. We hope it's not. I mean, but we, you know, we've oh, been here before. Be, but it's lovely to be second in the league, isn't it? But only you hold out any hope among among. I think us it's here. entirely me. I, I, I just no. I don't mean in the world. It I mean, was only what, two weeks ago. I remember having a discussion with you about Arsenal being even money to be in the top four, and I hate to bring it back to. I mean, suddenly we we look, you know, a very good bet again to be, you know, absolute guarantee top four. And the, I think that even is I not thinks we'll be in the top four, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I yeah I we all think we're all. Yeah, we'll say two weeks ago we were, you know, being fifty-fifty chance for it. Yeah, because of that. I'm not sure. Yeah. What they back top four or no? I'm not. Oh. No, because, not not because we can't do it, but because I think this year, more than any, really, there are six teams that, that will think they can do it. And I know we said that before in the past, but there really are six pretty strong teams. Um, I wouldn't write off Man U yet because they're building up a bit of a head of steam. I wouldn't write off Man City either. Spurs are having a very good season, much as it pains me to say it, looking very strong. And on that basis, it doesn't take much to. It could be very very close. Top. <laughs> It needs saying we do need to worry about Tottenham, and, and people say it every year. I'm not one of these people that looks at those stupid Daily Mirror articles that say, "Hey, this is the year that that Tottenham uh, yeah. finish above Arsenal or Tottenham." Not, not, not many Arsenal players are getting the Tottenham score. They're, I mean, they're just ridiculous. But I will say that that Tottenham's fixture list was top heavy, and now that they've been to City and, and gained uh, what was a valuable point. Their, their second half of the season is a lot easier than their first half of the season and they're already up there so I think and they seem to be riding their luck they rode uh, their luck that City were so much better than them on, mm. in that game and you often see, you often see a team that misses out in such a way they use that the next year and I think Pochettino is exactly the kind of manager that will be he'll oh, probably be God. he'll probably be talking about that that collapse yeah. and using that yeah. as the motivation throughout their players but a good thing is that 
I mean, no disrespect to the players, but they've they've had two injuries at centre back that really could could mm. cost them. Mm. We need to uh, we need to wrap up and and predict the uh, Southampton in the cup. Southampton in the cup on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to a trip to the South. Oh Coast. yeah, and we're taking nearly five thousand fans. That's brilliant. Mm. They sold yeah. out almost immediately, didn't they? As well, That's great. And we're, it was very cheap, fifteen quid, I think, for the FA Cup oh, tickets. I, I saw Southampton only had about thirteen, fourteen thousand fans at their they shut, against Norwich. They shut one of the whole sides of the of St Mary's. One whole side, which is quite incredible. Really, we, we have to hope. I think Southampton are still, you know, have got a League Cup final to look forward to oh, after yeah. this week. Yeah, if they do, you kind of hope. Well, one final at Wembley. Are they going to rest a few more people? I don't know. Interesting what sort of side that we're going to put out. I'm not quite I'm still sure. still haunted by several performances down at the... Down at the oh, no, yeah. Notably yeah. 4-0, oh, which was God, just yeah. so bad. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, boy? What's your prediction? Um, my prediction is somehow I feel we'll beat them. I don't really know why, but I feel it in my, in my water, yeah. I don't know why I based it on, but I think we'll win, yeah. 3-2 I think we've got a good game oh. yeah. yeah there we go what do you think Jim uh, uh, sorry it's a couple of days before the Watford game is that right yes, yeah Saturday yeah. before the Tuesday I think um, with you know the, there could be a psychological factor to it and not just the way we played there before but also with what's coming up because that week you've got Watford and then Chelsea I'm not saying it should be that way but it might be so I'm, I'm you know I'm going for draw yeah I agree uh, I think we'll win I think we'll win I think uh, the Wednesday game will probably take a lot out of them we'll have recovery times probably fresher players in the lineup. they'll probably mix it around and I think we'll nick a 2-1 mm. exciting um, thank you very much and I'll go the, the legend <laughs> enjoyed um, it cheers uh, Jim Jim Eastlower would you say your full name because you don't put your full name on your um, Twitter oh, no, handle I don't mind but uh, yeah but um, but Eastlower is, is yeah, your is, handle yeah, which is where is, we can yeah, find you indeed like, I like to have that air of mystery around you like Jeff Arsenal no one knows what Jeff's Jeff's full name are they and Josh and we'll be back next this time next week this time next week so we'll be oh, the out day just before, before the, uh, the Watford game yeah, at home. the Watford game exciting times thank you very much uh, speak to you next week bye bye if you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.